Our first uh, report will be from David um, Tarwater, our senior warden. David, if you'll come forward, please. Good morning. Uh, this is the second year I've served uh, as a senior warden. So last year I didn't know what to expect, and this year I sort of knew what to expect. Uh, so I made a, uh, a written report, when many of you might read later on, like uh, a lot of our ministries reported for this year. Uh, the first thing I said is uh, we returned as, as in our worship uh, to what, what feels normal now. I mean, it's not like it was two or three years ago, but it's, it's been fairly normal, and it's, uh, it's comforting to know what to expect. And I felt like we, we moved in that direction. Um, I, and I want to take, I, I've probably become more intimately knowledgeable of the staff during these last two years than most people I have the privilege of. And I just want to uh, say that we have a healthy staff. I mean, no staff, no environment, working environment is perfect and ours is not, but we have a very healthy staff that work very intentionally at being healthy. And they can't serve us properly unless they're healthy. And they are, and they work at it hard. And uh, it usually starts with leadership and Robert leads that and uh, it's, it's something I've learned from, and uh, I just need to acknowledge it. Um, this year, Mark took his sabbatical, finally, and uh, I think he came back renewed. I've seen it. Uh, we gained a lot from you leaving. <laughs> uh, and the fact you came back was lanyap, you know, it was, it was special, and uh, you have come back in a, in a better place. Um, a few, Dan Thompson was ordained as a deacon, Susan Godwin was a, ordained as a deacon this year, Gabe Holloway has completed progress toward his ordination, um, uh, and then the next story I'll tell you was, um, I got to go to Synod, I think I pronounced it correctly, uh, this year, the previous year, because uh, of COVID, it, they didn't, they didn't do it in person. Um, and that's a collection of our diocese, which is, I think it's 41 churches that come together. Um, so as a senior warden, what I, I enjoyed was the worship, and it was, uh, it was different than I expected and better than I expected. Um, and then uh, also during that time, you saw that our staff took major leadership roles even in the diocese. And uh, Taylor, Gabe, Taylor, uh, Taylor, Gabe, Wendell all had major leadership roles there. It's something we can be proud of and we're sharing our staff uh, across uh, many, many miles. Um, I know next week is, I don't know where Wendell went. Uh, I was there. Uh, next week we'll, you know, we're gonna celebrate Wendell's time with us, but I want to say he was here, I think, seven years? Eight, eight years. I mean, we're lucky to have somebody of his caliber, and I said he leaves quite a legacy with us. And uh, that's, 
uh, I think any of us, uh, to have someone of his caliber for eight years, we were lucky. And uh, we'll miss it. Um, our finances are ne have never been as strong as they are right now, and I want to thank our church um, for your generosity. Even in these strange years, uh, we're in a healthy place there. Uh, just on a side note to a little personal thing, my family's full of teachers. It's been a heck of a year. It just seems like it doesn't get much better, and it's hard on them. And uh, I want to thank our, our, our teachers among us, and we have a lot of teachers in this church. Um, you know, it's just, it's been, we need to acknowledge that, or I need to acknowledge that. Um, for our families that deal with addiction, it's been a tough year. For, for our families that deal with mental health issues, it's been a tough year. And uh, I, I'm, I will say that to say also uh, something I've probably learned to appreciate in these two years is our involvement in missions that, that reach out to our community and serve the least of these. And if you go back to in your uh, bulletin, you can pick out the, the mission involvements. Um, like this year, this month's mission focus on Alabama Free Clinic. Um, but many, many of those uh, leaders from those groups attend here. And I think we give them a place of respite and we share their values when they're delivering those uh, ministries directly to the least of these. And... Um, Finally, I just want to say it's been two years, my final year. Uh, I, I, next year I'll be junior warden. Uh, it's not a demotion, it's, it's, but I'm excited about that new role. But I do want to say, um, I just do want to say I appreciate the opportunity to serve as uh, your senior warden and uh, to the staff again. Thank you very much. Thank you, David. Um, so I'm going to give a little bit of a, a sermonish kind of a, a report. And let me say this. I asked David a couple of years ago as he was considering coming back on the vestry. It was his second term. Um, that if he did, I was going to appoint him senior warden for three years because um, I knew we were in a real big, important time. And so he has served faithfully. Um, Ty Cobb has been our junior warden this past year, um, which is kind of over the facilities. And we're moving into a season where we're going to be doing a lot of, um, of upkeep and renovation. Our, like, for example, our HVAC is, is now 13 years old. We're going to do a full overhaul of that. That's kind of where David's heart is. And so um, I can make this announcement because it's my choice. Um, I've already asked Ty to serve as my uh, senior warden for this, um, this last year. Both he and David will be rotating off the vestry. That is mainly a prayer position. Um, I meet with the senior wardens regularly. We pray about the issues of the church. And, and I, I like to pick people um, who care about my heart because it's my senior warden as well as the heart of the church. So, David, thank you, and, and Ty also. So let me just, I want to jump off of our, our gospel reading. Um, that last line that Susan read for us um, said, you know, the people were all amazed, and it said, and Jesus said, today 
this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. I was, I was reflecting about it. What does it mean for something to be fulfilled? Um, to be complete? Um, no need to do anything else, really. Although there was a lot of work Jesus had to do. And so as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about another story. Um, and it's like a little story. I showed up at, um, at my brother-in-law's house in the summer. And he was watching the Auburn-Oregon National Championship football game about six years after it happened. <laughs> and I like to reread books and watch old movies and favorite movies, knowing the ending. And what I noticed about him, and if those of you who are around might remember, I preached on that that following Sunday, he thoroughly enjoyed the game. He didn't worry about bad calls or drop passes. Because guess what? He knew the what? He knew the ending. What Christ did for us on the cross is complete. There's no going back. The victory has been won. The scriptures have been fulfilled in him. And we know that ending. Now, guys, we're going to have a lot of hard times in life. And even in that football game, there were some hurt players. They were, I mean, that's life, is it not? Ups and downs and struggles. But do we not know the ending? Do we not know that what Christ has done for us has been complete? And it ought to give us the freedom to just dive into life. Yes, we'll make mistakes. Yes, we'll hurt people. People will hurt us. But we know the ending. All things uh, will be made new in Christ. So with that, you hear that? Does that make sense to you? I know it's not platitudes. I really believe that. I believe we live from a posture of Christ has won this for us. And we just go into life and we love people and we care for them. And what did Corinthians say? Uh, we love the least of them. Um, the ones that annoy us the most we love. It's another way to translate some of the things Paul was saying. They should get the greatest honor. And those of us that God is gifted and life seems to be good, we don't need that. We need to be the ones giving. So that's what I hope in this year um, and the years to come. And that's what I've always hoped, that we're a kind place that cares for one another. Um, so with that said, um, and I'm going to speak a little bit about this at the, in the vestry nominations. But I believe we've got four main things that we need to double down on this year. This year. 2022. Um, one of those is children's ministry. Um, Ruth's report is long, as most of the things Ruth says are very long, but they are thorough. We've had 80 children since the fall. Um, these are regular attenders um, be a part of godly play. Isn't that amazing? That represents 44 families within our church, and 11 of those families are new to this congregation. Um, now, you might not know this. Um, some of you might know this. Ruth is my wife. Um, she also is a vice president of Larson McGowan, full-time employed there, has always been. This is a part-time job for her. So if we wanted to just like take Corinthians 12 and place it on top of that ministry, what do you think it says? What does Ruth need? Volunteers. Volunteers. 
And what I'm encouraging us to do, and as David mentioned, our finances are good, perhaps start looking for a part-time person to come alongside of her. So that's my prayer. It's an amazing ministry. Read the report. Um, she has a goal of have a five-year curriculum to take um, our children from K-5 all the way through fifth grade so that when they move into student ministry, they have a love for the Bible. They have a love for the stories that God has given us. Um, so that's children's ministry. Our student ministry, Taylor wrote another very good report about that. The children are learning to, to be in relationship with one another after this pandemic time. Um, they're being instructed in the scriptures. We're having our first confirmation class on Sunday nights. have been doing that with a catechism. We'll be presenting them to the bishop in May. You can read all about student ministry. Another thing I would say about, about Taylor, he needs an intern a paid intern to come alongside him. What if somebody grabs Taylor like they grab Wendell? What are we going to do? So um, I pray for that for him. I speak to him about that all the time. And I pray that that ministry will have the same kind of investment that Wendell has been able to do into our, into our music ministry. Third thing, um, pastoral care for all people. Um, our church, year after year, I, I've, I looked at some of my reports. I've said this like the last three years. We're getting younger, and guess what? We're getting older. All points in between. We are drawing people of all ages here, and pastoral care can no longer be something we just kind of hear about and do. And with that, two, two new deacons to add to our, um, our diaconate staff, and we're going to start it doing Stephen's ministry. How many of you ever heard of Stephen's ministry? Look at there. Susan, stand up for a second and turn around. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of Stephen's ministry. Isn't that amazing? So what does Stephen's ministry need? Not only staff, but it needs what? There you go. This is really, really easy. Um, <laughs> um, fourth thing, um, Taylor also, we kind of made some shift with our three um, clergy, Mark and Taylor and I. Taylor's going to be overseeing um, um, the missions of the church. And his desire, we give to a lot of things this year um, and the years past, is to have more hands-on involvement with the things that we give to. Some of those we can't. Some of those are ministries we do. And, for example, we're Alabama Free Clinic. If we're not a doctor or nurse, they really don't need us up there getting in their space. But there's some other ministries that could require more relational, and I know that's where Taylor's heart is. Um, one more thing, and it's not one of my four things, but as I mentioned, Dave is going to be overseeing the facilities. We've had, we had a capital um, improvement and, and um, full site plan working on before the pandemic. Um, it kind of shut us down, and when we came back, um, we realized that some of the things we were thinking about doing probably weren't where God was leading us, so we've moved to another direction. And so we're looking at, at building a chapel, um, which is like a sanctuary, and it's not here, not on this particular level. It's not expanding this, which was built as a fellowship hall. And um, I hope you're going, I wonder where. Uh, and there'll be more information about that coming out, okay? Um, it will be within the genre of who we are. We're not building a mega church here, guys. We're a family-oriented church. Um, and so be praying for that, um, that direction that we go. Um, one more thing. So I, I want to I really encourage us 
Um, Taylor mentioned this last week, and it's kind of with the front end of the First Corinthians passage. Um, God has a gift to exercise through every single one of us. Um, and some of it might be like in Romans passage, administration. Some of it is behind the scenes serving. Some of it is upfront leadership. Um, discern and pray. Listen to the Lord. Ask people within the congregation, Katie, what do you see as my gifts that you know? What, what do you discern in me? And then use that as a way to just kind of explore what God is doing in your life. And in closing, um, I want to pick up on what, what David said about Mark. You have an amazing diversity of leaders in this church. Use us. Not for long-time counseling. That's not what we do. But use us. Come and visit with us and invite us into your homes and let us pray with you and, and seek the Lord for what he is calling you to do.